You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Well, good morning and welcome to Riverside Community Church. Here we are at Oakmont. If you're listening to us by podcast, we miss you. But uh, we hope that you're doing well. And I just want to take a moment, introduce myself. My name is Dave Longstreth, and I'm the outreach pastor here at Riverside. I want to invite uh, all of us today, if you have the Riverside app, to take that app. And if you have a smartphone, you don't have our app yet, you can go out to the store. It's for free. Just search Riverside Community Church. It has our Riverside R logo on it. That'll help you find the right thing. But in that app are a lot of great, helpful things for us. One of them is our notes for today. You can follow along with my notes. If you just click on the live tab at the bottom of that app and click Oakmont, because that's where we are, and you'll find the notes today. And you can even put in your own little notes, write down some little things for yourself. You can email those to yourself so that you have them, all that good stuff. And uh, there are also some helpful links at the bottom of the notes today that may uh, help you to, uh, to move on with applying what we've learned today. In September, we began a new theme for the year, and that theme was Step Forward. Galatians 5.25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So each week throughout this year, we are being challenged to step forward in some way. And today, we're beginning a brand new series titled Resolute, Step Forward with New Resolve. On social media, we're using the hashtag ResoluteRCC. So here it is. It's New Year's Eve, right? Happy New Year to you. All right. You excited? Excited about this year being coming to the end? Excited about what 2018 holds, all the possibilities? How many of you are pessimists? <laughs> okay, a couple people raised their hands. How many of you are optimists? How many of you are realists? <laughs> I think it's, a fancy, it's an optimistic word of saying I'm a pessimist, right? Okay. Anyway, as I look at 2018, and I am optimistic about this next year, and I always am every year about this time, I, I want to say this is going to be the best year yet. And I pray that 2018 is going to be your best year yet, too. Have you figured out your resolutions yet? 2018, I'm going to tell you, I'd like to eat better. I'd like to exercise more. I'd like to spend less, save more. I'd like to learn a lot of new things and just have more meaning encounter, encounters uh, with, uh, with, with other people. How about you? Why don't you take a couple minutes, just somewhat near you, share a couple resolutions that you might have. Don't take, not a whole list, but one or two things. Go ahead, go ahead, somebody near you, share a resolution or two for the new year. All right. Well, that's it. Have a great new year and we'll see you next year. No, I'm just... All right. I wonder how long will we be able to keep some of these resolutions we've made? You know what I mean? I mean, I've heard that resolutions are made to be broken. Now, last year, I remember, and my wife, Carrie, can attest to this. I said, you know what? This year, this year, I'm not going to break this resolution. I'm going to hold, you know, what did it last? Two or three weeks? If that, I don't know. And then I always say this, because, you know, tomorrow we wake up and it's New Year's. We'd start our New Year's resolutions. No, no, no. Start the next day. You can't start January 1st. I mean, if my New Year's resolution is to eat less or eat healthier, I'm not going to start on the day of the feast, right? I'm not going to exercise tomorrow. I mean, come on, let's get real, right? So 
Anyways, the top 10, I did a little research here, just quick on the internet, and uh, top 10 most commonly broken New Year's resolutions. Here we go. Lose weight and get fit, okay? Quit smoking. Learn something new every day. Eat healthier and diet. Get out of debt and save money. Spend more time with family. Travel to new places. Be less stressed. Volunteer more and drink less. I think drink less doesn't mean drink less water. I think you're supposed to drink more water, but drink less, I don't know, you know. Anyways, so those are, according to what I found on the internet, are the top 10 most broken New Year's resolutions. So, well, to kick off our new year, we're going to begin this new series, like I said, that's called Resolute, and we're going to encourage all of us here to step forward with new resolve, really, for resolution, Okay. And our prayer is that this resolve, this new resolve that we're stepping forward with is not going to be quickly broken like some of our other resolutions may be quickly broken. And in order for this to last, we need to think of this as a lifestyle change rather than just a resolution, a change of mindset instead of just changing a behavior. And uh, unfortunately, in some of my resolutions, I always say that, you know what, I'm going I'm to eat better and this is going to be a new mindset for me. But then my, you know, I forget what my new mindset is a couple weeks into it. But if our goal, spiritually, is to stay in step with the Spirit, as we read earlier in Galatians 5.25, then I would ask, what are the behaviors or what are the spiritual practices or the disciplines, okay, that will help us to stay in step with the Spirit? In order for this to affect us, then, we have to own this for ourselves, If we want to step forward with the Spirit, and if we want to have a better spiritual life in 2018, then we have to own that. And we have to own the practices or the the disciplines that will help us to live that out. We have to retrain what we know. We have to retrain what we practice and what our habits are. And we have to live with intentionality. I want to invite you to take a look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, it says this, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So how do we train ourselves to be godly? Throughout the series, we're going to take a deeper look at that. We're going to take a deeper look at some of the spiritual practices or some of the spiritual disciplines, one of them being community. Okay, one of them being silence and solitude. Another one that we'll look at throughout the series is worship and celebration. Another one is reading and meditation. And today we're going to take a deeper look at the practice of prayer. So did anyone have a resolution to pray more? Was that one of your resolutions? Or maybe you didn't tell it to somebody, but is that one of your resolutions for 2018? 2018, I'm going to pray more. May I challenge you? How about this one? 2018, I'm going to pray better, okay? Instead of just praying more, I'm going to pray better. What kind of prayers did you have in 2017? What were the prayers that you prayed this year? What was the focus of your prayers? How frequently did you pray those prayers? How does your prayer life differ right now on December 31st of 2017 than it did December 31st, 2016? What's the difference in your prayer life? Now, I couldn't really do a message on prayer without sharing with you at least three minutes, and it was hard just to narrow this down to three minutes, 
but three minutes from a very funny guy named Tim Hawkins. If you guys know who Tim Hawkins is, he does a, a bit on prayer and worship, all, he, all kinds of good stuff. But I, uh, I compiled a couple different clips into this three-minute clip here that I'd like us to watch. And I'm going to give you permission right now. I'm just going to say right off the bat, you're allowed to laugh in church, so you may start laughing as soon as you see his face. Go ahead. Oh, man. I love it. I love it so much because that was my life growing up as a kid. That's the prayer. My mom would pray with us. Oh, so let me ask you this. Has your approach to prayer helped you in 2017 or has it hindered your ability to keep in step with the Spirit? As you think about this next year to come, what would most help you to step forward in the area of prayer? How can you step forward with the Spirit in the area of prayer? How does a person who is in step with the Spirit pray tenacious prayers? And that's what I'm calling this series, or this message today, is tenacious prayers. What is a tenacious prayer? A tenacious prayer is a prayer that is firm. A tenacious prayer is persistent, it's insistent, determined, and steadfast. Well, beyond what Tim here, our friend Tim, was able to teach us a few moments ago about how we pray, I'd like to clear up some common confusion regarding prayer. And the first thought I'd like to share with you this morning is this. Tenacious prayers are centered on God's will, not ours. And I think that is a good point, and that's probably a point maybe we should say out loud together. How about it? Ready? So, tenacious prayers are centered on God's will, not ours. I think the last two words, probably one of the most important parts of that statement, not ours, not ours. Now, you've probably heard some of these scriptures regarding prayer. If you have... Uh, if you go onto Google or whatever and you just say, scriptures on prayer, some of these will come up. Matthew 6, 8, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Matthew 7, 7 through 8, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So I want to call a time out there on those scriptures. When you see that, you're just like, all right, whatever, whatever I want, it's mine, right? Does anybody know that to be true? <laughs> that particular attitude about this. Now, I believe that when Jesus says Matthew 7, 7 through 8 here in his Sermon on the Mount, that he's not necessarily talking about things that we want. I think he's talking about if you are seeking the kingdom of God... Ask for the kingdom of God, and it will be given to you. If you are trying to find the kingdom of God, if you are trying to find God, seek, and you will find. If you're trying to find God, knock, and he's going to open the door to you. Because everybody who asks for God and asks to see God will receive, and everyone who seeks him will find him. And to those who knock and search for God, the door will be opened. That's what I think Jesus means when he talks about that, but... Sometimes we can take that and we can twist it the wrong way because when we hear these scriptures, we need to remember that there's context to these scriptures of any kind of scripture. I mean, that's just a life lesson right there on spiritual things in the Bible. You can take any verse and isolate it and twist it to whatever you want to say, but we got to see it as a whole and we have to see what the context of that verse is that we're looking at. 
So when we think about prayer and we think about how do we pray as Christians, as people who follow Christ, we need to look at the context of the whole story. What is the context that Jesus has come to teach us about? How do we pray? Um, earlier on in that sermon and his teaching to that people, he, he says some of these words. When he's, when he's saying about how do we pray, we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. Does anybody recognize that? It's from the Our Father, from the Lord's Prayer. Also in that sermon, when he's teaching people, he says, if you, you need to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you. But this isn't just a context from this one sermon that Jesus has. It's throughout his whole life. And if we take a look at his whole life, we can see that he's teaching us how to communicate with him. And that's what prayer is. It's communication with God. And even through the writings of the apostles, we see, what does it mean to pray? On John 15, it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, this is Jesus talking. If you remain in me and my words in you, then you can ask whatever you wish. It will be done for you. But we see that we have to be in step with the Spirit, right? Later on in that same book, he says, whatever you ask my, in my name will be given to you. So whatever we ask in Jesus' name. One of the apostles writing in 1 John, it says, that the confidence we have in approaching God is we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. Another place in James, it says, you don't have what you want because you don't ask for it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. So it gives a little context here to how we should pray. And based on what Jesus teaches us about prayer in the scriptures and what we just read together and remembering that he taught us to pray and the words of our Father, which art in heaven, I want to I kind of take a look at that prayer. And I want to offer up just a, a prayer in my own words. And this is just one of many, many, many prayers that we could pray. So may I remind you that the, the prayer that Jesus teaches us goes something like our Father, right? Which art in heaven. Hallowed be your name, or holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Part of his prayer says, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I would offer up a, a prayer that is similar, but it's, it's not those words necessarily. And it's just simple. Heavenly Father, you're awesome. You're in control. I submit to your will, to your purposes, Give me strength to overcome for your glory. Thank you for providing. I'm dependent upon you for everything that I want, everything that I need, and I'm sorry, God, I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? Will you also help me to forgive others who have wronged me? Please grow in me that which is good and pure, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and purge from me what is impure and ungodly. In Jesus' name, amen. And what I want to do with those two prayers is kind of show you how we can pray. Because Jesus teaches us to pray, and he gives us our Father as the, the model to a prayer. So you can say, dear God, or Heavenly Father, or whatever that may be. But that's basically saying, we're saying, our Father, which art in heaven. You are awesome, and you are in control. Now you can use whatever word you want there. But basically, you're saying, holy is your name. Hallowed be your name. I submit to your will and purposes. Give me strength to overcome for your glory. Again, you can fill in your own words. There's a million different combinations. 
But basically you're saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what that means. Thank you for, for, for providing. I'm dependent upon you for everything that I want, everything that I need. In other words, give us this day our daily bread. I'm sorry, Lord, I was wrong. Will you please forgive me and help me to forgive others who have wronged me? Is Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And please grow in me that which is good and pure. And you can list different things that are good and pure. I listed the fruits of the Spirit. And purge from me what is impure and ungodly. And that's basically just saying, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In Jesus' name, amen. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever, amen. So how will God answer your prayers in 2018? When we pray for things that we generally want, we want the result of that prayer to be the answer, yes. Right? 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 Yes. <laughs> okay. But that's not how God sees it, is it? The thought here is this, that tenacious prayers don't require the answer yes. They don't require the answer yes. Sometimes the answer to your prayer is going to be yes. And if so, great. You're lined up with God's will. Wonderful. Good job. Sometimes the answer to your prayer is just going to be no. And if that's the case, it can be difficult to be thankful sometimes, can it? But we've got to push through our selfish desires and know that God sees what we don't see and know that God sees what we can't see. And he knows us best, he loves us most, he knows what's best for us. A big move, a, a bold move would be to even thank God for his answer of no and for his providing of wisdom beyond what we can see. Sometimes the answer to your prayer will be maybe. Maybe is the answer like, I feel like I hear that one the most, okay? And what I mean by that I hear the answer is I mean that when I don't hear from God, when there seems to be no answer at all, and then I take that as a maybe. Maybe that's just the kid in me, but the maybe is probably one of the most frustrating of all answers, especially if God has hit the mute button. Now, those of us who are parents, or those of us who have been parented, you know, I can tell you, there's my daughter sitting out there right now, Kylie. But even more so is Brayden, my son Brayden. He asks for about a thousand things every single day, okay? And obviously it's not just yes, 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 yes. I'm giving you everything that you ever wanted. I think I give him a half a percent of everything that he wants, okay? <laughs> Hopefully I give you a little bit more, Kylie. I don't know. But you can ask her, you can ask any of my kids. In fact, the saying goes around the house, and I don't know how I came up with this reputation, but... What does dad say when you ask him something? No. But I think I say maybe a whole lot, okay? Or maybe go ask your mother, right? Okay. I don't know if God says that to us. Hey, God, can I have this? Go ask your mother. No, that might be a, a stretch for our imaginations. But God, this is my prayer. Maybe. Maybe. He has his reasons, and we are what? Mere human beings. He is all-knowing, he is all-powerful, he is present everywhere, and if you're in this boat where you feel like you hear maybe a lot, I'm going to assume many of us are at times, I would say hang in there, 
Tenacious prayers mean that you're going to keep the conversation going until a clear yes or no have been given, right? Just keep that conversation going. If it's a maybe, keep the conversation going. Finally, sometimes the answer to your prayer will just be wait. And I would rather have the answer wait than have the answer maybe, because at least I feel like I'm getting an answer. But it can be equally frustrating to hear wait. Wait doesn't mean wait because in a little bit I'm going to say yes. That's not what wait means, right, Kylie? Wait doesn't mean, you know what, I'm just going to say no. I'm just, I'm, I'm just letting you down easy. That's not what wait means either. Wait means wait. Wait means, in my words, stop bugging me, try back later. <laughs> Paraphrase, of course. Maybe God is saying that. I don't know. Wait means the timing isn't right. Wait could mean hang on. Hang in there. Keep on keeping on. Press on. Persevere. Find strength. Wait could mean learn to be more patient. Or see if there's something that you're doing or something that you're not doing that's getting in the way of me saying yes. Wait is probably the deepest of all the answers, in my opinion. It probably requires the most effort on our parts when God says wait. Now, it's all a mystery, isn't it? And I hope that for most of us, whenever you're hearing me say, you know, sometimes I hear yes, sometimes I hear no, sometimes I hear maybe, sometimes I hear wait, I'm not actually hearing God say those words, okay? Right? I mean, that should go without explaining. I mean, who here has heard the audible voice of God say yes, no, maybe, and wait to you? If he has, I'd love to talk to you after service, okay? That'd be very interesting. But most of the time, or all the time, we don't hear God say those words to us. So how do we hear from God? It's a very mysterious thing, prayer is. But this is what prayer is, a two-way communication. Prayer isn't us just saying, God, this, that, and the other thing, boom. I just blasted you with all my words and all my thoughts, but I'm not going to be receptive to anything that you have to say. Prayer is a two-way conversation. Now, whether he uses audible words to make that a two-way conversation or he uses other means, he uses other means. Where do we look to hear from God? We look up. Where do we look to hear from God? We also look in. Where do we look to hear from God? We look around us. And God confirms those things, up, inward, and around us. Our prayers are often filled with a list of requests, and that list regards me. Me this, me that, me the other thing. Tenacious prayers aren't just about me, though. Tenacious prayers are about God's will on earth. Tenacious prayers are about helping others around us. The part about me needs to be more about how can I love God with all my heart, mind, and soul, right? That's the greatest commandment. Or how can I love my neighbor as myself? That's the second greatest and equally important commandment, Jesus says. The thought here is that tenacious prayers are often others-centered. We say that with me. Tenacious prayers are often others-centered. Paul prays often with thanksgiving in his heart. He prays for God's will. He prays for the salvation of others, for discernment, wisdom, uh, revelation, for strength, for love, for filling of the Spirit. He prays for spiritual growth, knowledge, insight. He prays for purity, fruitfulness, endurance, and patience. And what we need to keep in mind is that we may spend too much time praying to be comfortable in this life and not enough time praying to be mature, spiritually speaking, too. We should pray for 
people's comfort. That's a wonderful thing to pray for our family, for their comfort, for our friends and our loved ones and pray for others' comfort. It's okay to pray for our own comfort too. There's nothing wrong with that. But we should also pray for completeness. We should pray for the completeness of our family and our friends and our loved ones and others. And we should pray for completeness for ourselves. Think about Christians in the first century. They were persecuted, they were brutalized, and many of them eventually died uh, a death that we would not want to go through and die. Jesus and Peter and Paul and James and John, and I can, the list can go on of martyrs and people who were put to death because of their faith, but they knew that life would be hard and that life would be difficult and storms were going to come. But rather than to pray to get out of these hardships and not have to face these pains and difficulties, they discovered the depth of tenacious prayers. They discovered how to grow through these times of trial and difficulty and these stormy seasons. And that was best for them to develop into who God wanted them to become. And it still works the same way. If your prayer is, God, please don't let anything bad ever happen throughout the rest of my life. And I'm saying, that's, that's just, he's going to say no. I'm sorry. He just is. God doesn't want us to live a, a safe life where everything's hunky-dory. It's just not his will. In a moment, I'm going to read some scriptures over you. And I'm going to do so as a prayer. Because I want to demonstrate to you what it means to really pray for others. And as I read these scriptures, I'm going to let this be my prayer for you for this coming year. I want to pray for all of us that 2018 would be a year of God's favor. Would you like that for this year? I, I want that for this year. I want God's favor for this year. And what that might look like to you might look something different from me. But I want God's favor for all of us. His real favor for all of us in 2018. I want his effectiveness for you. I want his clarity I want you to have clarity. When you look at, what, at your life in 2018, I want to be crystal clear. That's my prayer for you. Receptivity and ministry growth. I want this to be a year where all of us give back and we get involved in the church, the big C, capital C, church, God's, God's body, the body of Jesus Christ. I want us to grow in our ministry. I want us to have courage in 2018. I don't want us to whimper away, cower away in fear from what presents itself to us throughout the year. I want us to face it with courage and I pray boldness for us in 2018 and protection. In fact, I'm not even going to pray a hedge of protection around you. <laughs> a big thick concrete wall with razor wire on it because I really do want us to be protected. But more than physical protection is spiritual protection. Because there's an enemy out there that wants to kill and destroy. And I pray against that. I pray humility. Humility for us. As a church, as individuals. I'll tell you what, that's a hard lesson to learn, humility. But on the other side of it is a wonderful thing that you can be thankful for. Some of us need a good dose of humility. I'm not looking at anybody in particular. That's why I'm scanning my head very quickly over this room. Okay? But some of us need a big dose of humility. And I'm praying humility for us. I'm praying we find it the right way so that we're not forced to find it the other way. 
I'm praying for 2018 teachability, that you can be taught. You're not too old, you're not too young. If you just came out of college, you don't know everything, okay? And the older you get, the more you realize you don't know very much at all, right? The older I get, the less I know. I don't know how that works, but it does. But I'm praying that we can all be teachable, that we can all learn something new, that young people can learn from old people, and old people can learn from young people, and it's not just about age either, is it? That's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm praying that we can be teachable in 2018. I'm praying that 2018 we can be sensitive to God's spirit, to God's leading, to others' hurts and pains and wants and desires, that we can just be sensitive to the world around us, that we can be sensitive in our relationships. I'm pr- praying for creativity. No more cookie-cutter stuff from our lives. Let's be creative. God has given us a beautiful mind. Let's put it to work. I'm praying for purity in 2018, that we would be pure, people of purity, of all that is good and right, for God who, who God has designed us to be. I'm praying that we would submit ourselves to Christ, that we would submit ourselves to one another. I'm praying for wisdom in 2018. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray over you and I want to pray through the scriptures. I'll have the scriptures up on the screen for you. You can look at those or, you know, you can look around, you can look into your, yourself. But these words, I'm going to pray them over you. We have four sections in this room. One, two, three, and the section there we call the rear sanctuary. This might be a little bit awkward, but I'm going to step off the stage here for a moment. I'm going to pray this one prayer over each section, okay? The first prayer that I would like to pray, I'd like to pray over you guys, all right? And this is found in Ephesians chapter 1, and it's this. I never stop being grateful for you. As I mention you in my prayers, I ask the glorious Father and God of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you his spirit. The Spirit will make you wise and let you understand what it means to know God. My prayer is that light will flood your hearts and that you will understand the hope that was given to you when God chose you. Then you'll discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all of God's people. I want you to know about the great and mighty power that God has for us followers It's the same wonderful power that he used when he raised Christ from the dead and let him sit at his right side in heaven. Amen. And over you, the middle section here, I pray this prayer. It's found in Ephesians chapter three. And it says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. And for the right side over here, my prayer for you is found in the book of Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. My prayer for you is that you will overflow more and more with love for others and at the same time keep on growing in spiritual knowledge and in insight. For I want you to always see clearly the difference between right and wrong and to be inwardly clean, no one being able to criticize you from now until our Lord returns. 
May you always, or may you always be doing those good, kind things that show that you are a child of God, for this will bring much praise and glory to the Lord. Amen. And now back here. My prayer for you is found in the book of Colossians. It's chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, 9 through 12. And it says this, whenever we pray for you, we always begin by giving thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard how much you trust the Lord and how much you love his people. So ever since we first heard about you, we have kept on praying and asking God to help you understand what he wants you to do. Asking him to make you wise about spiritual things and asking that the way you live will always please the Lord and honor him so that you will always be doing good, kind things for others while all at the same time learning to know God better and better. We are praying too that you will be filled with his mighty, glorious strength so that you can keep on going no matter what happens. Always full of the joy of the Lord and always thankful to the Father who has made us fit to share all the wonderful things that belong to those who live in the kingdom of light. Amen. And I want to invite the worship team to come back up on the platform with me. And as we prepare today to close, I want to pray this prayer found in 2 Thessalonians. I want to pray it over all of us here in this room. And this prayer goes like this. We pray for you that our God will make you the kind of children he wants to have. Will make you as good as you wish you could be. Rewarding your faith with his power. Then everyone will be praising the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because of the results that they see in you. And your greatest glory will be that you belong to him. The tender mercy of our God and of the Lord Jesus Christ has made all this possible for you. Can we say amen together? Amen. So for 2018, we can pray like we always have. We can fall back into our same old spiritual routines. We can let another year pass us by with being okay with where we are right now, satisfied with our growth to this point. We can choose 2018 to step forward and actively grow in our spiritual life by first changing how we pray. My challenge to you and my challenge to myself today is simply this. Step forward and pray tenacious prayers. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that we must change the way we think. And that was the ministry of Christ before his death and resurrection, wasn't it? To change the way people thought. There were a lot of people that thought they knew the way. Thought they knew it all. And Christ came, and he could see it time and time again throughout the scriptures, through the gospels, how he changed the way people would think. This new year, as we work our way through this first series called Resolute, we're being challenged to, to be resolute, to, to be purposeful to be determined, to be unwavering, and to step forward with new resolve. How can we step forward and pray with new resolve? How will you pray with new resolve? Let's pray together. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for 2017. Thank you for all the hard lessons that we've learned, for all the growth, for your faithfulness, for your forgiveness, for your patience with us, and help us to embrace the process of maturing that you're working in us. And we'll step forward in 2018 to pray tenaciously, and we look forward to relating to you in deeper and in more meaningful ways. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.